welcome to episode 124 of the local meta my name is fletcher and i'm john john how you doing tonight uh, i'm all right got a bit of cold but you know these happens. things happen <laughs> sickness is a thing mm-hmm plague yep oh man it was good to get and play some magic before rotation <laughs> yeah you just like kind of surprised me out of nowhere you're like yo you playing magic tonight and i'm like yeah i'm gonna you're like standard i'm like yeah like cool i'm gonna be there i'm like sweet i completely forgot you actually own a standard deck yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i was like i don't have a spare deck for you i'm already borrowing out the other one i have yeah. you're like i have feather i'm like oh yeah oh yeah i have the deck i need i got all that stuff for you if did you finish better than me I finished two two. All right, well, so we finished even. So yeah, I'm still kind of I'm still a little upset by our game. Uh, what game? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like obviously, some of it like it's my fault to some degree for like mulliganing poorly one game, but like the other one, like I I feel like my mulligans were cracked, and it was just like, well, <laughs> we're not going to play any magic. <laughs> What was it? Game one, you mulliganed to five, kept the no-lander? Yeah, I mulliganed to five, kept the no-lander, and just never saw it. I think I think I drew a card and just conceded. Yep. <laughs> I played a land, because I think I won the die roll. Yeah, you did. And I'm like, I'm like looking at my hand, and I have Shock and um, Dreadhorde Arcanist. I'm like, alright, so like I can like set up a Dreadhorde Arcanist turn where I can like shock and kill his guy if he doesn't have anything on like turn three which could be good and then i <laughs> never I'm, thought it yep well because like my hand was okay it just wasn't the best yep. right like i had the two lands i had a threat i'm like this is fine and i'm like land go you're like draw a card all right game two i'm like wait what <laughs> wait what like was, i'm like not good. i'm setting up a game plan for like four turns from now and the game's already over what's going <laughs> it was just so bad and then, then what? Game two, I kept, kept a one lander. Yeah, you kept seven on a one lander. Yeah, which was sketch. And it, honestly, it was because I made a bad decision because of the first game. And then I just, I just didn't hit a second land, and yeah. that was that. You just kind of tilted yourself out of. I ca- I out really of game did, two. But I don't know how many people. There were nine people there, and what four or five were playing feather, right? Four were on Feather, one was on a mono-red Cavalcade of Calamity deck. And, and three people were wrong. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, there... It was... This was... last. last or, yeah, last night was single-handedly the most aggressive I have seen FNM in forever. Yeah. Like, not since the dominance of mono-red has that many people actually played an aggro deck. Because normally I'm the only one who plays Feather. Yeah. And then, like, suddenly... And I kind of expected to be the only other person that played Feather. That's exactly what I thought. But then one guy who hasn't played in a while borrowed a deck from a friend, so he played Feather. Another guy decided to build Feather. <laughs> Which <laughs> I, I probably was a little more rude than I necessarily intended with him, but... Yeah, I don't know because I I think I kind of was I was kind of like that too a little bit and stuff. It's like we're not trying to be mean. Sorry, yeah. like we were kind of, but it was kind of like it's like I get it. You think the lands look cool, but snow covered basics are not legal and standard. Yeah, and when you like, go out of your way to buy them for your standard deck. 
you're doing it wrong. Yeah, and that's why it's like I just told him like it's like you know like we're not getting up in your case because like we really don't care. But it's like just be careful, man. Like because yeah. there are people who will, and you could yeah, it could just cause you problems. As well. Yeah, like you could actively get in trouble if you did that. Like you know, if you just didn't think about it and decided to like sleeve those up or anything that requires a deck list. Yep. Like. I'm going to be completely honest with you. If the Invitational still existed, and he was playing that exact deck, and he was I'd my round like, one judge. opponent, yeah, and he was my round one opponent in standard, I am getting him a game loss game one. Oh yeah, easy, easy peasy. Like, because here's the thing: I take the Invitational seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm glad I get it, got to play against one of the the improperly built feather decks. But yeah, and I'm glad I got to win. But. You did lose a game, which was sad. I know. I was really sad about that. I just kind of didn't hit what I needed. No. The thing is, like, you lost game one, but you didn't get crushed game one. No. You just kind of got... He get, he drew, a, like... He just drew a little better than me. Yeah, just, like, a titch better. You didn't quite have the stuff necessary to, like... And I made, know, I made a over. misplay on turn four, I, I realized, too, so... I heard you say that after that game was over. You're like, I, I did a screw up on turn four, and then you started sideboarding. Yep. Yeah, I should have played. I, 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 I think I got cute instead of just playing the good cards. Because mm-hmm. like I feel like if I get into a spot where I have any sort of like advantage, like I just run away with that game because I know what I'm doing. And also I want like, I mean his list was playing Adantos, and that's yep. awesome for me because it's like Adanto does not match up well against anything else in the deck. Horribly. To like, be fair, <laughs> at least Adanto can. I was going to say, Adanto can survive like a shock, but so can Takatli Underguard. But Takatli Underguard doesn't attack as well. Yeah, but you know, but you know what um, uh, Adanto turns shocks into? Flame Rifts, uh, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, One mana Flame Rifts to the face. Yeah, it's just like, okay, I'll do this all day. But Yeah, I just... I, I did think it was interesting that, like... So, me and you play our mirror match, and then the other two guys who are on the worst decks yeah. have a mirror match. And the whole time they're talking about, like, how the game is just, like, a coin flip, and, like, who draws better, and who goes first. And, like, and ours we're... was the coin flip, but we're, like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, like, we're both, like, no, this is actually super, super crazy, like... You know, we boarded in 11 cards? Yeah, I, I, bo- I think... Yeah, game uh, against him, I boarded in eleven cards. Well, against against you, I boarded in eleven. Yeah, and I think I only boarded in nine because I I think I was off on my boards too. But... Yeah, yeah, it's just like all like the crazy stuff. Like, but I don't. Yeah, I, I, I still wonder if that's correct though, because I at least for when I boarded, I boarded down to very few threats, but the threats I did keep are very very good. Yeah, like. You, you, I think you can do that, but you have to really play the game of protecting your threats. Yeah, like, which gets weird. Yeah, like, like you almost. I mean, there was that one game where I was like, I, I did that, uh, or I can't remember. It was one of the other games we played, I think. But like, I um, uh, like, an early turn, I um played a you know dread cast, and then uh whatever that thing is, reckless rage. Reckless Rage that you Reckless Rage back. Uh, I I don't know if that was super aggressive. I played an Arcanist on turn three with a mana open, and you had a uh, Legionnaire on turn three with a mana open. 
and I went uh, you Reckless Rage and I Reckless Rage in response and both of our guys died because that's yeah. how Reckless Rage works. Yep. <laughs> and then like but, you didn't have another threat and I did, I think? Yeah, I think that's and that's what happened. And I got a little aggressive there, but I don't know. It's one of those things. No, it's a weird game. It, it like it is a really kind of a mind game one. Like you have to really think about your protection spells and everything like that. Like you're almost never playing a te- feather on turn three in that matchup. No. Like you know, in a, or or uh, um, um. I don't know if I. Turn two. I'll be honest. I don't know if I would ever play a feather on turn four. Oh, I have numerous times. No, in the mirror. Oh, in the mirror. Yeah, I'd think about it probably. Because that's like. That even that's kind of sketchy. Yeah, like you almost want five mana open. Yeah, but... you really do. <clears throat> like, and that just shows you how dependent. Like when you play those, like when you play your cards on the curves and stuff like that, and what your opponent has and everything. Like, there's certain decks where it's just like turn two, I'm playing my legionnaire. Turn three, I'm playing my. Feather. I don't even care. Like, I just mm. know you're not doing anything. Like, <laughs> but yeah. Uh. Shout out to Feather only showing up for my round four second match, though. Or second game. Don't need the deck, right? Nope, not at all. Uh, but Okay, so. Enough of us jerking off about standard. Feather's great. I'm sad it's going to be going. Well, I'm sad we're losing Reckless Rage. <laughs> the second best card in the deck? What's the first? Feather. Okay. Like, Feather is easily the most powerful card in the deck. Probably. But Reckless Rage is, is an insanely powerful magic card that doesn't have a home outside of Feather. Yeah. Like, Dinos could maybe play it, but for some reason they don't. <laughs> Actually, I'd almost say Dinos probably should play it as their removal spell of choice over, like, a Lightning Strike or a Lava Coil, but... I mean, hey, whatever, I guess. Like, it's just free value if they're playing something like, um, uh, what's his nuts? Ripjaw Raptor. And they play it as, like, yeah. a four of. I don't know. Gosh, I'd love my removal spells to draw me a card. <laughs> I mean, they kind of do when there's a feather in play. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they draw me lots of cards. Gosh. That makes me mad. I punched myself in the face that night, too. You did. <laughs> Because like, I missed my feather trigger, that would have been, and not uh, softly either. No, I, I hit my like, pretty hard. <laughs> like I was kind of surprised by it. Like I don't think you were losing that game, anyways. But it would have been tough to lose it. But I'm still mad at myself. Mm. But yeah, okay. Why don't we? <laughs> Feather's a complicated deck. Yeah, it is, and people don't realize this. So, why don't we get into our our main topic here? We were going to do this a couple weeks ago, but then Wizards had to go and do things and ruin stuff. But, okay. <laughs> so, um, we'll see We'll see how this goes. I just want to have a discussion here on some of your opinions and everything. So, um, and you really have no idea what I'm going to talk about, right? <laughs> nope. Okay. I know the general idea, but I know nothing else about it. Okay. We'll see if you actually know the idea. So, um... What I want to talk about today is like the the complexity of sets of magic, to some degree, mm-hmm. in recent times. So, um, 
the thing that kind of sparked it is one, I've been listening to a huge backlog of uh, limited resources. And funny enough, after I had been thinking about this, they had, they talked about it really quick on their podcast. Um, but two, uh, Rosewater released his state of design article for 2019. And, you know, if you've read those, he goes through and talks about the year and like what he thinks they're doing well, what they could do better, blah, 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 stuff and things and junk. So for his overall magic design for the year, one of his highlights is that um, R&D is starting to hit the right level of complexity. And so basically what he says is uh, two years ago in my state of the design articles, I said we let complexity get a little, a little too high. Last year, I said we overcompensated and ended up with a little too low. I'm happy to say that we found the middle ground and have been producing sets that seem to be hitting the sweet spot. And it, it, it got me thinking about one is I don't I don't know where I stand on that statement if I completely agree with him. And two, like. You know, I'd like to get your thoughts on the complexity of the sets and on some of the recent sets and like how it fits in and everything and stuff like that. So I guess I'm going to start off here. It's like, do you think they're at the right spot? Does he does he like give an example for what sets he's referring to in regards to too complex, not complex enough, just right? So or does he just so, say like in general? So it, he's ta- he this is standard sets, obviously. <clears throat> yeah. So... Um, so this year, the sets were Dominaria, um, Rab- the Ravnica blocks, um, and War of the Spark. Mm-hmm. And so it was, a, yeah, Guilds of Ravnica, War of the Spark, Core 2020. Um, so what, two, two years ago, I'm opening, I'm opening the previous articles right now. So two years ago, it was um, Kaladesh, Monquette. And then, so 2018 was Ixalan Block. So Kaladesh and Amonkhet were... And, and Dominara they had in there, I guess. So, so it would have been Kaladesh, Amonkhet, and I think the one before it. And those were the ones that he perceived as being too complex? Yes. I'm yeah. willing to... I think I agree with that sentiment, at least. You think like... those sets were too complex? So if you think about what was introduced in them, in Kaladesh we had vehicles, which had never never previously existed, and we had energy, which was a brand new resource that was, uh, what's the term, parasitic? Not parasitic. Yeah, Yeah, parasitic. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a brand new resource that, like, you you had to keep track of it in another method outside of the game. Uh, hilariously, they forgot to print the energy reserve tokens in the first uh, release of Kaladesh. And like the different car, like the different abilities using energy to keep track of that, yada, yada, yada. And like, obviously we have Kaladesh was literally the precursor for bands and standard that hadn't happened in a long, long time. That's true. Like, Kaladesh brought around like bands. multiple waves, didn't it? Yeah, multiple waves of bands. And we hadn't had any bands since Jace the Mind Sculptor and Stoneforge Mystic. Those cards were, like, okay-ish only. So, like, I think even just from, like, a design perspective, they were... The set Kaladesh block itself was complex to the point that, you know, it resulted in them making a lot of mistakes because it was things that they've never done before. We had bannings from energy, and we had bannings from vehicles. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, Amon, 
Amonkhet also kind of had little tracking issues in regards to um, exert and the difference between embalm and eternalize. Like you had two very very similar mechanics, but that the, both did two very very different things. One made an exact yeah. copy, one made a 4-4, four, four, one made it white, one made it black. Then you had the super awkwardness that was the Scarab God, which could pseudo-eternalize, but didn't quite eternalize. And uh. mer- like it actually copied the mana cost, but a eternalized creature didn't have a mana cost, so there was like some complexity in that regard. And these are just things that I personally encountered in actually playing standard. That's not even getting into like the limited format, right? Like, yeah, fair enough. There was, there was all of three playable eternalized creatures in actual standard, as <laughs> opposed to all of them were playable in constructed, or not in constructed in Every limited. Limit. Yeah. So I definitely. I definitely see where he's coming when he thinks that those two sets were too complicated. I personally did not find them too complicated, but I've also have gone on record when talking to a friend telling him that I don't think any single deck in modern is actually hard to play. Okay. <laughs> like they they're hard to play perfectly, but they're not hard to pick up. But that's just that's because that is how I am in regards to yeah. like magic, right? Like we were talking about something, and I'm like, I mean, it's basically like playing Legacy Storm, right? <laughs> so now, now that there we go. Although you just realized something about Legacy Storm, didn't you? Did I? Lionside Diamond. <laughs> oh yeah, you don't have to tap and sack at Lionside Diamond. Uh, that's only relevant because if you're playing Urza in Legacy, you can tap the Lionside Diamond for a blue and sack it for three more blue. That's ridiculous. It is, isn't it? Because <laughs> that card wasn't already broken enough. Like, seriously, Lionside Diamond doesn't require a tap to activate. What? I thought it did, so... Like, Lotus Petal does. Yeah. Like, what the shit? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so maybe you're, maybe you're right with that. Like, I played some of Monquette, and I was like, this just seems like attacking each other back and forth. And I didn't play a ton of Kaladesh, actually, so I, I can't really speak to that one. Like, I mean, when I think complexity, I think back to, like, cons when I was playing that. Like, and that set was complex, in my opinion. I mean, like, any... There, there was just a lot going on. Yeah, there was a lot going on. It was a tri-colored block set everything. Yeah. Not to mention the weird draft formats between cons <laughs> and Fate Reforged and then Dragons. Yep. And more formats are always going to have an innate complexity to them. Yeah, just because of the nature of Morph and everything. Yeah, Morph doesn't use the stack. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's just a thing. That yep. exists. Yep. Welcome to but, magic. <laughs> yeah. But, and I think, so, to move on with this whole point, I think we agree that, like, uh, what was it, Ixalan block was just, like, not very complex at all. <laughs> I mean, the draft format was the most railroaded thing imaginable, and everything was tribal. Like, yeah. even pirates, which were the tricky tribal, weren't that tricky, right? Like, yeah. it's like, pirates are better when you have more pirates. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. Like, Ixlon Block was just 
the it was very very railroady in what you wanted to do and what the tribes were. I don't want to say that tribes innately are very not complex, but they kind of aren't that complex. I right? mean, like you get a bunch of your tribe and you play them and you do well, right? Yeah, like no offense to my favorite deck in all of Legacy. Tribals aren't that complex. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of play to goblins, but that's more because they printed some weird-ass goblins throughout the ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the, the general basis of the deck is just play goblins that buff goblins and kill them with goblins. Right, yeah. I mean, there's a reason a lot of people just build tribal decks when they start. Yeah, it, it is the goat. Tribal is the go-to casual player's deck. I mean, what is my first deck that I have still? My my yeah. Griffin Tribal deck. <laughs> Good tribe. Yeah, like such fly, much wow. I don't think goblins were like the first deck I built, but I know it was pretty close to the first yeah. deck I built, and mm-hmm. I just eventually turned it into a legacy deck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just a really easy thing to kind of like latch onto and go with. Yeah, I mean, it's really. Even when Christina built a deck first, what was it? It was a soldier deck. Yep, she built soldiers, and then she built drangels. The drangels. Which was less of a tribal deck and more of just a bunch of haymakers that happened to work out well together. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I don't know, like, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know what they could have done to make that less, or, like, I don't know, whatever. But, so that, I guess that brings me to my point, like, of are we actually at the right spot? So Dominaria, I feel like, was right where we need to be. Dominaria was almost a perfect set. Dominaria was so good. Like, I just want more Dominaria in my life. <laughs> like, if that came back on Arena and I could just draft it over and over again, I would be a happy man. Be happy with your three twos. I just want to play three twos all day. <laughs> I, I, just your to, I just want to draft creatures. Huh? I meant your record, not your creatures. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, no. What was it that had the three two? Um, one of the Ravnica sets. I was thinking of that three two flash. That oh, was... yeah, that thing. The <laughs> three two flash surveil. The, the, yeah, the Whisperer guy. Yeah, that guy. Love, I love that thing. Sorry. Card's gas. That card's gas. But I'm uh, actually, oh no, it was M tw- uh, M19. Uh, Cornet 19 had the, the hired blade, the 3 2. Oh, yeah, it was just like a vanilla 3 yep. 2 flash. And I, played, and I played way more of those than was reasonable. <laughs> it was basically a removal spell in that format. It was basically murder. <laughs> I will uh, say. So, what came directly after Ixalan Block? Was it Core 19? Was it? Or is it Dominaria? Um, I can't recall now. Let me go. I have to go. I have to go look here really quick. Because I feel like Core Nineteen probably falls under the category of not being that overly complex. It was a very simple limited format, but it's also a yeah. core set. That's just something that happens, right? I mean, it was a fine, a fine set, but like, yeah, it was way on the low end, especially after getting twenty twenty here, which was really good yeah like for a core set so then then if we like just just like continuing to think about uh dominari and then core 19 okay so it's like they had like 
really good complexity and then they went to not as complex and then we went into Ravnica where guilds and allegiance I feel had really good complexity about them War I feel of the like, Spar- so let me I, I feel like those ones were about right even though I was not super thrilled about the sets in general yeah like in I think the I think those basically fall into the category of like the dominaria level of complexity like maybe yeah like like honestly if you look at each individual mechanic neither of none of them are very complex but you have five of them in a set yeah you have five of them you have the like being a based around five two color pairs in its in and of itself is a complexity in the format right yeah exactly like that is just a thing Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, now we hit War of the Spark. And I think this is where they kind of went back up to really, really complex. Like, I feel like this one ratcheted up. Like, this this set can be mind-melting. Yes. Like, it, like, and it's not necessarily that any of the mechanics are super, super, like, mind-melty, or that even having Planeswalkers as uncommon is super mind-melty. It's Planeswalkers with static abilities that just affect random shit all the time. That yes. is just, just terrible to deal with sometimes. That is 100% the thing, is uncommon planeswalkers or any planeswalker with a static ability that hoses random shit. Yeah. Like, how many times did you yourself or did you see someone cast a burn spell when there's a wanderer, wanderer in, play? in play? Yep, like, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's the exact one I was thinking of. Or like Narset. Yep. Getting just, you, like, it's just, ugh. Like, and I like those cards. I think those cards all are fine in and of themselves. But it's just, like, man, like, it's just, with the frequency you saw them and with how how much was going on on the boards a lot of times, too. Because, like, when you combine it with all the other pieces, like, a mass and a lot of the other things, there's a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. And that's what it was. So, like, it, it drew your attention away from that stat, the that static ability. Well, also, especially there's like you had the preconceived notion of planeswalker does one thing every turn, and that's it. <laughs> yep, and I was just gonna say that actually. Yeah, that's like you, and since the static abilities are new, you just don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just like, so like I feel like that was like the the miss to some degree, like uncomplex, like. Not that I don't mind the complexity, but, like, I feel like if they're talking about standard legal sets, like, that is the the spot where they just ratcheted it up almost too high. Even though the set, like, in and of itself was pretty great. Yeah, I, I, once again, no complaints about the set. I did enjoy the set. There was just some things that even me, who is not an inexperienced Magic player, screwed up on. Yeah. It's just yeah. a thing. I I would commonly forget about my own Planeswalker static abilities. Mm-hmm. Like, I've actively had someone cast a Duress against me with a Tamiyo in play in Constructed, like in Standard, and they're like, yep, and they took a card. I didn't even think about it until, like, multiple turns later. Yeah, right? Like, like <laughs> shit. You, that thought erasure shouldn't have made me discard my whatever. Yeah. But, I don't know. It, yeah, it's it's just weird. I don't know because then the so the funny thing is is then like we're like oh man the complexity on this is too high blah 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 stuff like that but then modern horizons that was great <laughs> like 
Like, just a set that was just, like, all this crazy stuff. Yeah. I do... I do think... Oh, so obviously every set they make is designed to be drafted at this point. Yep. But I think there's a difference between we decided to make, like, you know, M20 a draftable format and, like, with that in mind, and we decided to literally make Modern Horizons as a format exclusively for drafting. Yeah. Like, they they obviously put a little... I feel... I don't know if I want to say they put more work into it, but I fe- it just feels like there's a lot more tuning that goes on into making that a good draft format. Like, because in Modern Horizons, zero cards are unplayable, right? Mm-hmm. I in in modern sensibilities, almost no card is actually unplayable in a draft environment. But there yeah. are some cards that you're not going to feel good drafting, right? Like yeah. the one-one lizard that when it attacks deals one to the player planeswalker. It's te- I, it's attacking. I, I've seen a lot of those played, man. <laughs> I have, but it's not a good card, and you shouldn't feel good about it being in your deck. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen people feel good about it being in their deck. <laughs> yes. Uh, but still. I, you, I agree. I agree with you, though. You know, like, Fire Elemental, while an Elemental is not a card that you should be happy to play, even in your elemental deck. That's a card that ends up in your deck, not when you put it in your deck intentionally. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's a filler five drop as yeah. to where there, there really isn't a card that I would perceive as being like a super filler five drop as it were in Modern Horizons. Yeah. Like that set was just gas. And like, man, there was, as I said though, there was just a lot going on in that set. And like, it's funny that it's like, but I think some of it is expectations too. Yes. Like, I don't expect st- standard legal sets to be, like, mind-melting and, and having to really process, like, every single thing super, super heavily. But, like, when I get into, you know, something like Modern Horizons, I'm like, all right, let's do this. Stack up everything you can at me. Yeah. Like, imagine if they had done Planeswalkers with static abilities at Uncommon in Modern Horizons. I feel like people would have, punishing, yeah. yeah, people would have adapted to it more because they're like Modern Horizons is where the weird shit happens. Yeah, like suddenly an abominable snowman is punching me in the face for eleven trample. Like yeah. that's just a thing. <laughs> oh man, I was horrible at that set, but the one time I played, but it was awesome. That set was sweet. <laughs> that set is sweet. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird. A weird spot. So, like, on a on a scale of like, you know, Ixalanda War of the Spark, where, like, where do you want things to sit? Like, where, what's ideal for you, just personally? Pro- probably. I'm I mainly I'm thinking I'm just talking, so you don't think my internet cut out. <laughs> I mean, I have an opinion, like, and honestly, like, if I got to pick where I want it to sit is right at where Dominaria was at. Yeah, like, that's the easy answer, right? Like It, it really is, but, like... I, I literally I, called Dominaria the perfect set. Yeah, like, and part of the reason that it, I think it's the perfect set is that, for for complexity reasons, is, one, it gives you... It, it, it has that same thing about Modern Sensibilities where, like, you can play most of the cards. Yep. You know, War of the Spark doesn't necessarily have that. Like, there's some cards that are just, like, you're kind of like, 
Yeah, like, I don't even know if I can run this card in my deck. Yeah. But not many of them. Obviously, it's still still fine. But like, It's still a modern set, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's not like it's not like Mercadian Masks where like the entire set's unplayable. Um like so like everything's playable and and there's good signposts in there. Yep. I feel like like there's a lot of things telling you what to do. Also for the mechanics there's there's mechanics that you can build around and there's mechanics that you don't have to really think about. Like I like that they included kicker because it feels like I can just put like I can just put cards with Kicker in my deck, whatever I'm doing, and just play them, and they're good. Yep. Like, whereas, like, with the Historic stuff, I kind of had to build a Historic deck. That's true. Yeah, and then there was, but then there was also, like, really cool build-arounds, like, you know, like, as I said, I just want to play that Wizards deck all the time. That thing is sweet. Yeah, or, like, even, like, the Safferling, Safferling stuff is, like, cool, but, you know, and... There were some cards that were, like, traps, like that compass. I, I don't care what anyone says. Like, if you played that card, you're probably wrong. Like, <laughs> it's just a bad card. I'm sorry. But, like, all the pieces of that set fell into place and stuff like that. And the the cool thing about Dominaria also is, is that all the power was at the uncommons. Yes, there was very few oppressively powerful rares and mythic rares. Yeah. It's not like War of the Spark where it's like, well, my opponent drew an Aketra. Yeah. <laughs> like, there we go. Although, funny enough, with the pre-release, I beat an Aketra. They, I beat, beat the... every god except for one that was played against me during the pre-releases. <laughs> and I lost that. I lost that less because of the god and more because his deck was just nothing but freaking bombs and it was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, and of War of the Spark was... is just like the kingiest set ever, though. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah. The thing is, like, while a lot a lot of the bombs were really bomby, a lot of the bombs were answerable by the common removal. Like, yeah. Not, like, permanently answerable. Like, you know, the actual gods mm -hmm. themselves, they would always come back. But most of the gods were at least interactable with to the point that you could, like, you could pseudo-stall out your opponent if they kept putting it back into their deck. Yeah. I don't know. Like for me personally, like obviously I, I am not a average magic player. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to take away like the static abilities of the planeswalkers, I actually really, really would like the complexity level of War of the Spark. Yeah, fair enough. But once again, I am not your average magic player. Yeah. Like I enjoy the more complex things. See, like I like playing War of the Spark. Like I don't mind having a set like that. But, like, I would not want that set in, set out, is my thing. Like, I could see you liking every set to be at that level. And I think you would be okay with it. But, like, me, I need, like... Like, I like... I think if everything was at Dominaria level, I'd be okay. But I like some, some ups and downs. Like, honestly, I kind of like M19. Like, just kind of, you know, the little... The fun there. And honestly, I, I actually quite like Core 2020, I think, but... Core 2020 is one of the best core sets made, like, ever. Like, since M13. Uh, maybe even better. <laughs> yeah, I think I p think it's Ben Stark. He's actually of the opinion yeah. that Core, core Set uh, 20 is actually better than M13. Yeah, and that, yeah, probably, like, a, like, 
M13 was like one of my favorite draft sets, period, like that I had played. And I'll admit I don't run the gamut of every single set, but like, I don't know. I really like that one, but I, I'm, I'm enjoying the hell out of 2020. Like, actually, when I'm done with this, I'm probably going to go do a Core 2020 draft, even though Aldrain's coming out soon, and I just want to friggin' play Core 2020. Speaking of Eldrain, did you... I'm just going to go off on a minor tangent. We got time. <laughs> I'm mild... I'm mildly annoyed about, like, the alternate arts they're doing for some of the stuff. Because a lot of them have really sweet alternate arts, but if I'm never going to play them, I don't care about acquiring them. Because, like, I'm not just going to get the alternate arts and put them in a binder. Because that's not really what I do. Yeah. Unless it's a Planeswalker, because I collect Planeswalkers and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's an alternate art for, like, this chick who's riding a crow. Oh, that one looks friggin' great. Yeah, you know who does the art on it? Who? Seb McKinnon. Oh, so, oh yeah, course. okay. Now I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Now that like I remember seeing, remember the art. Yeah, so like obviously, like the alternate art looks gas. But if I'm never gonna play it, I don't see a reason to acquire it. But I don't know if it's playable. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, this looks sweet. But if I'm never gonna play it, I'd literally would just rather buy the freaking print from Seb McKinnon himself. <laughs> I swear to God, if I Why ever decorate a house, it's. Well, yeah, but if I ever decorate, I think I've said this before. If I ever decorate a house, it's going to be lined in Sebmikin and shit. I know, like it's and- just going to be Toppelgeist everywhere. <laughs> Dude, I love Toppelgeist. I know you love Toppelgeist. That's why I had to say it. It's just like boop. He's booping the candle. It's the most adorable oh, thing ever. It, it, Children will have nightmares. Sure, it's adorable. We'll go with that. I mean, for a disembodied, <laughs> horrifying spirit living a tortured existence. It's pretty adorable. <laughs> I mean, more, when you put it that way. <laughs> it's more adorable than Casper. He just looks derpy. <laughs> derpy? Uh, sure. These are the real issues that we have to talk about. <laughs> but you get, you get what I'm saying, though? Like, like, I don't really have a reason to get that card if I don't think that card's going to be played. And as a result, I don't really... I mean, obviously, there's going to be people who just want to collect the alternate arts just to collect them. Like, so there's still relate. going there's still going to be an appeal for those things. Yeah. But, like, for me personally, as someone who regularly buys high-end, expensive magic shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know if the appeal is there to buy a box of this booster. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's my two cents. I'm really interested to see how the like collector boosters and stuff work out. I am too. It's like, I'm kind of one of those things. I'm like, hmm. I'm kind of sad because I know that the collector boosters are 100% replacing like the buy a box toppers and like they're they're replacing the box toppers. They're replacing the masterpieces. They're replacing all that stuff, which makes me sad because I really really enjoy like the chance of opening stuff like that. Yeah, but honestly, they got rid of the masterpieces because of the problems with them. <laughs> I know. I get it. But yep. I've actually been thinking, like, I have a lot of unopened Kaladesh and Amonkhet boosters sitting in a box upstairs, and I was, like, highly debating just cracking them and seeing what I got. You should just bring them over and we'll pack for them. 
actually they're actually separated by uh, sealed sets. So we could do sealed. You could. I'm just saying. We could do some sealed and then record it and practice commentating it. <laughs> like there is literally no flaw in this plan now. <laughs> I mean there really isn't. Gosh, my basement's a disaster. I'd have to clear out a lot of space to get everything set up. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Did you disconnect? No, I just muted okay. myself to blow my nose. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? I've been muting myself repeatedly to blow oh, my nose okay. because cold. But, uh, Normally, it's I can do it easily because you just keep talking forever and it gives me plenty of time, but... Okay. You know. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they, what they do with the like upcoming sets. Because, like... I mean, if you think about it, so... I mean, we've seen some of Eldraine so far, and it looks like it has a bit going on here. There but... is... One of the mechanics is already really complex. The adventure one, or...? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that one is interesting. Like, that one is legit complex. Because if you can cast it for an, its adventure, and mm -hmm. if you do, you exile that as a result, and you can cast the creature form of it out of exile. Mm -hmm. You can technically flash back the adventure with like a snapcaster mage, which then puts it back into exile, and you can recast the creature. Obviously, snapcaster mage is dear god, I hope not going to be in this set. But that's a really, really complex interaction. <laughs> so... What? <laughs> yeah, that's a, a random... Like, are you wanting the adventure thing itself, or the fact yeah, that you can so, clash so it the, back? Yeah, so you, so like, if the, so if you were to cast the creature and it dies, is what you're saying? Yeah, if you cast the creature, you could, you the creature dies, the you can flash back the adventure with like snapcaster mage or something like that yep. and and then it would exile and yep. then you could yep i don't know if you can recast it you might only be able to recast if it was exiled because of adventure but technically i don't know how it's worded you technically cast that creature out of exile uh i well, suppose well, until we see the comp rules we won't know because yeah if well, it's a replacement effect you theoretically should if if two you get to choose effects, why it's exiled. It's like the same. It's like the thing with um, uh, feather and uh, dreadhorde arcanist. Yeah. So by that metric, if you can somehow keep giving the thing flashback, you have an infinite creature. I wonder Which if you could flash it. Shit. I wonder if you could flash it back with um, uh, dreadhorde arcanist. <laughs> I mean, I don't see why not if his power is high enough. Would it have to be high? I suppose. Well, his he only casts a spell with CMC e less than or equal to his power. So, like, you're still flashing back the adventure, and the fla the adventure itself still has a CMC equal to whatever the adventure says. Is, so, is it CMC equal to whatever the adventure says, or is it equal to the entire cost of the card, i.e., split cards? I don't know. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff we need to figure out with the comp rules when they come out because there's a lot of like nuance with this. That's going to be a... That is complex, like, when you start hitting some of the, like, nitpicks of it. Yeah, like, especially that's, like, Dreadhorde Arcanist is a card that's going to be legal and standard with the I Adventures. Say, 
that's in the format, man. <laughs> like, and Red Horde Arcanus is already a pseudo complex card. It I is. mean, I, I mean, read like, that card a couple times. <laughs> most of the adventures seem to. I always forget that card has trample. Literally always. Like that card does not have trample any time I have ever attacked with it. My my opponent forgets that it has trample on arena a few times. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. Adventure complicated. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the, the other mechanic? I have not. Uh, it was one of the ones on arena, but it's some. Uh, I don't remember what it was called, but basically it's it's um. It's like a kicker effect if you spend like three mana of the color that it is to cast it. So like the card will be like three and a red for a creature or something like that. But if you spend three red to cast it as part of when you're casting that creature, like as part of its mana or in its mana cost, um, you get like a bonus. Well, that's interesting. So I, I think there was only a red one that I saw, but I'm, uh, let me double check here. Uh... Play some nice music. Uh, these are all foreign. I can't read them. Oh, is that the? It's like three mana deal four if you for red or some shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like I think I saw people talking about that. Here we are. Yeah. So, so the one was slain. Yeah, the one that you're talking about is slaying fire. So it's two and a red for an instant. Slaying fire deals three damage to any target. Adamant is what the it's a um ability word uh if at least three red mana was spent to cast a spell it deals four damage instead yeah so it's like a kicker yeah kind of yeah kind, yeah like a kind of things but so like so yeah there's um so like here's it's another like, one so oh, silver uh silver flame ritual three and a three and a white sorcery put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control Adamant, if at least three white mana was spent to cast the spell, creatures you control gain vigilance until end of turn. Hey. So That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Tracking mana is interesting and complex. Yeah. <laughs> you know there'd be some scummy dude who'd be like, he didn't announce he was tapping his red-white land for a red. Because <laughs> the world is full of scum. Yeah, you smack him in the mouth and tell him to shut up. Uh, but, I don't know. And that's, so, those are the only two mechanics we've seen. Well, and food, so, we, yeah, the, those are the three mechanics, then, I guess. Yeah. People keep complaining food. about food. They're like, man, it's just, like, strictly worse than clues. And everyone else is like, yeah, which means they can put it on more shit and they can push it further. Yeah, right. Like, Clues are innately super powerful because they're basically free and they draw you cards. Yeah. As a result really of that, good. not much can make clues yep. or take advantage of clues. Food is like, yeah, it gains you life. What's the worst that's going to do, right? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so it's like suddenly you can make a Birds of Paradise that uses food. Yep. It's pretty exactly. good. <laughs> I mean, if your opponent's like, yeah, two mana, tap, sacrifice, gain three life, and you're like, okay, attack you for ten. Like, yeah. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. But, I don't know. So, like, I'm interested to see, really, what we're, we're way off the rails here of what we started talking about, and I'm okay with this. Um, but, like, actually, not really. Um, so, with the new Theros set, like, 
Theros was not a complex set. Yes and no. no yes and no. I mean, Bestow was complex. Yes. Everything else wasn't. Is Heroic not complex? It is not complex. Really? It is not. There's like it's deck building awesome. restrictions. And... It is awesome, but not complex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they better have Heroic back in this set again. Goddamn. The thing is, like, not all Heroic did the same thing, though, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that kind of adds to the complexity of Heroic as is. Like, I mean, it does somewhat, but it's like you target something with a spell and you get something. There we go. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there were some things with it, but it was like, you know, it, it was off only your spells, so it made it easier. And it was only spells, so you had to actually, like, actively target it. So you were already thinking about it was part mm-hmm. of it. It wasn't something that just kind of happened for the most part. So like, what was the other other shit we had constellation in the later sets which uh, was not complex play more enchantments get more value yeah uh strive was a little bit what was the what was the untap one uh inspired yeah that one was shit (laughs) Uh, no offense to no offense to inspired that was a shit mechanic Devotion was the most oh yeah devotion. simple thing ever. Yeah. Okay, yeah. In general, Theros was not a complex format. Yeah. It was also be... a very not complex limited format. Yeah. Battle Cruiser Magic. But it gave me the heroic standard deck, and I'm happy about that. So, I don't know. It's. It'll be interesting to see how things kind of walk down the line and everything, like, like with, com- especially with complexity and stuff like that. Because I could see them pulling back, and I'm surprised they didn't in, in Core 20, but, like, I could see them pulling back really hard after War of the Spark. I mean, they kind of did. With Core 20? Yeah. But they also kind of didn't, because that set was pretty solid. It was solid, but it was nowhere near as complex. I, I mean, nowhere near as complex. That's not, yeah, that's not a fair comparison. But Like, that's the thing, right? Like, yeah. they they came in with a goddamn haymaker of complexity in War of the Spark. And now yeah. they're like, now we're going to cool you off with a corset. Yeah. Because corsets are just innately, because of what they are, limited in their complexity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not as much as they used to be, since they're no longer entirely reprints, but... Yeah. You know, corsets are still designed to be a simple thing. And I like that. I think you almost need that, like, time to, like, settle down. Take a breath. I agree. Move on. And then, and then get back into it. Like, that was our big complaint when they decided to get rid of them for a while. Mm-hmm. Is like, the actual, the lack of complexity was really, really nice as just, like, yeah. a catch-your-breath set and, like, a... A palate sh- cleanser. Yeah. I don't know. Alright, I, I just, you know, that whole thing was just something I was just kind of curious about because I had been thinking about it for for a while here and it just kind of it, it was just really with, when I when I read that they were kind of in the right spot and like how complex were the spark was, I was just like, what? But, I mean, it makes sense. Honestly, I feel like they are dialing it in. Like, if they could dial every set in as well as the you know, last few they have, like we're, we're going to have some great magic sets. Yeah. Honestly, if they could just make more Dominaria. 
I am not worried about the future of magic. Neither am I. Sets, no. So. no. I'm sure I'm sure Eldraine's gonna be great, honestly. Like I am worried about the future of the community in regards to the being whiny bitches, but well, that, that hasn't changed in years. Yeah. The internet just lets them be more loud about it. <laughs> yeah. You give people a platform to say whatever they want about something and they go off and make podcasts and things. Yeah. But for going on three years now. Eh, not quite. Solid Is it two. going on? Going on too. Alright. We're twenty we're we are over we are almost two and a half years into this. It's pretty good. And we almost have six people listening to us, I'm sure. But... <laughs> okay. Yeah. John, why don't we call it a night on this? Yeah. That's not that. All right. If you guys want to um, uh, send us some feedback, you can shoot us an email to thelocometa at gmail.com. Catch us on Twitter at thelocometapc. Um, check out thelocometa.com for all of the episodes and fun links, especially to our Discord. Uh, we got the streaming feature in. Which Yay. Is I actually hopped on and was te- and was trying it out and stuff like that. So if you were around, you could have seen me fail miserably at Brawl for game after game after game. But <laughs> unfortunately, you did not. So, but I'm uh, so we got that going and yeah, fun stuff like that. So cool. But John, anything else before we wrap this up? Nah, good. All right, cool. 